Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewen. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Hey, Sandy. Hey, Nat. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, oh my God, I'm going to cough again. I swear, I swear to God, Sandy, <laughs> this cough. <laughs> oh no. I think it's, it's fine been... all the time. Yeah. And then as soon as I start talking a little bit, and I've already talked this morning, and it comes yeah. back, but I'm working it's, on it. It's been like since Christmas, right? Like since... Uh... Mm-hmm, but just bef- like the week before Christmas. Oh, it's like two months of pure illness. It's it I haven't... Sucks. So well, like during the day, it's not bad. Like there's very little coughing it's just when I open my mouth and I speak a little bit more <laughs> but I can I can now do cardio I can go for a jog I can oh good do a yoga class where I'm breathing a little bit heavier without coughing a ton yeah okay you you are on the men then I'm definitely on the men I feel a ton slow. better it's just I cough a little bit now and then so sorry sorry guys oh that's okay we it's understand mm. all right so we wanted to we... talk about <laughs> Um, I had a, a an idea for a shorter episode. It was going to be called "Should I Quit My do- Job and Teach Yoga?" Um, but I think we can turn this into a conversation about how people are teaching and what is sustainable, mm. because that looks different for everyone. I mean, my answer to "Should I Quit My Job and Teach Yoga?" would be to like look at your personality like how much of a grounding routine do you need do you need a schedule that's the same every day all of these things and sometimes it's just appropriate for your passion to not be something that you make money from that's really just for you or the people that are closer to you but yeah it it just depends so I don't know (laughs) maybe I'll start with like because you how many classes right now are you teaching per week I'm at like 15 or something. 15 right something now, yeah. Like yeah, you yeah. vary between like 10 and 15, and then you yeah. seem to adjust based on once in a while. Energy. Yeah. <laughs> that overwhelmed uh, feeling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it, lately, it's been a lot better. Uh, so yeah, like I, I also had that thought. I think a lot of us um, full-time teachers do of like, oh, should I quit my job and full-time teach as my livelihood? Um and the number one thing is just if it's going to work out monetarily. Um, for most people, um, this kind of lifestyle of teaching, it, it doesn't pay a ton of money. And it, and that money is not, um, it's not as steady as people think it is. Because if you take a vacation, then you're not making money. If you uh, are sick, then you're not making money. So there's no sick days. There's no vacation paid days. Um, because you're a self-employed contractor, you don't work for a studio as an employee. You contract to the studio and offer them your services. Um, so in that sense, th- there you have to do 
the numbers first and see if it works for you. So just getting an idea of what you need to get by and then whether or not this yoga gig can allow for that, as well as whatever savings you want to make into what whatever input in, in savings you want to do. Um, and also to have that little bit of an umbrella fund for sick days and for uh, vacations if you want to take any vacations. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, little things, you can start to do the numbers right away. And I do think that's a really smart thing to do is sit down and do the numbers. Just CPP. So if you're in, if you're Canadian, you pay into the um, Canada pension plan. Yeah. And when you're self-employed, sorry, my voice is wavering because I'm like on the verge of a cough. I'll just cough. Do it. <coughs> Get it out. Get it out. Go, girl. Okay. So <laughs> CPP, when you're um, employed, you pay your the employee part, which is about 5%. If you're the employer, you also pay 5%. So it's, when you're self-employed, you're playing employee, employer. So you're paying 10% right there mm-hmm. off of yep. what you make. That's not even your taxes, yep, right? That's exactly. not even your income tax. So that's a huge factor to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, like dental, medical. <laughs> yeah. You got yeah. to shack up and find a a cute partner that has great benefits. That's exactly <laughs> what I've done. <laughs> I was going to say. Where do you Luckily, work? I also love him. But <laughs> yes, Absolutely. <laughs> Sandy's obsessed with this guy. The first training we did, she had been with him for like or a day. Up. It was like, I think a week or maybe it was like the next day or something. It was. Like, it was. I just like made this, met this guy and you guys yeah. were like FaceTiming and I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, Eric He's and I so don't sweet. even talk like that. You guys are so adorable. Because it was in the beginning maybe, but I don't know. We still, like no, I you just still, called him. You guys him, still so. talk a ton. Awesome. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love him. So yeah, he has, he has like a real person job. So he, he has all the benefits. <laughs> so if I get injured, then it's because of him that I'm able to go to a physio mm-hmm. or the dental is all covered. Um, I think it's like 80%, but that's, it's huge. That's a yeah. large, large amount of dental covered. Um, and then there's like a, the healthcare spending. Uh, so yeah, if you do have a partner, it's, it's good to talk it out, especially if you're used to a standard of living before. Um, see for me, I was, I I didn't really have like a huge important job before I was a writer and then I worked as a receptionist, um, at a medical clinic. So my income was always sort of like piddling Mm -hmm. (laughs) would be the word for it. (laughs) And, um, only as a writer, I made good money. And then those savings like did sustain me for a while. Um, but after that, like the yoga income, there's like a for most people it's a very big drop in in income level and then you do have to make sure that you're paying all your taxes your cpp your unemployment insurance premiums um now i think that is an opt-in or opt-out as a individual contractor here in canada Mm -hmm. um but it is something to know that there there is a lot of back end to it um and yeah and it's important thing to consider um whether or not you're because as a, as a yoga teacher, you're not just a yoga teacher. You are a business owner. So are you willing to step up and take that hat if you're not used to it? Unless, you know, if you're already doing that kind of stuff, that, that would be like the easy part. Um, but yeah, financials are a huge portion of whether or not this decision will be sustainable. Yeah, unfortunately. But yeah, it's life. We're mm-hmm. living in the Western world. I mean, anywhere you live, it's going to cost money. But yeah. But I, I will say that it's it's not as hard to make do with less than you think it is. Um, like when I said that, oh, I'm not buying any clothes. 
like there's there's more than enough um of what i already had stockpiled mm-hmm. before you know like or like um just any any other things like oh i'm not gonna buy anything in plastic like it's it's actually okay you know like it, it's not so difficult to to pare down expenses um of course depending on your life situation there's always certain things that you'll need to spend on of course um like for instance shoes or whatever and you know like certain things that underwear you need to buy new underwear eventually yeah. yep <laughs> sandy buy new underwear no, I'm <laughs> i wear out socks really fast that's what i buy a lot of i like put holes in them i think it's because i walk a lot yeah maybe <laughs> um okay what other so that's my that would be like my first consideration how about you nat what do you think well i would look at day-to-day lifestyle mm-hmm. so what a lot of people and i kind of drawing from my own so i am i am a classic case of quit your job and become a yoga teacher and i wanted the freedom of schedule because mm-hmm. I was working nine to five, I wanted to just be able to decide when I was working. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, when you're okay, so in my case, I was in a big city. I was in Vancouver, and the majority, most of my teachings were studio based with some corporates. Luckily, some of those corporate classes were at lunch. But when you're a yoga teacher, I think it's really important to consider do you enjoy working in the evening period because it doesn't really matter in your day if you're someone who's in the evening your energy kind of drains and that doesn't mean like you're super fatigued but you're it's time like just I'm a person who needs to be grounded in the evening I like to be with my loved ones or with close friends or I'd say inside but my husband and I go outside and walk a lot of the time but not working not putting out a ton of energy in that doesn't really change even if you don't collect income during the day you still kind of get up at a reasonable hour do things you're, you're still active and then you have to teach in the evening yeah so exactly. schedule is very important mm-hmm. yeah I think I didn't understand that even though I might not be working very much in the daytime that doesn't mean I'm doing nothing like you and I would talk or research things and I would research different topics and be putting together sequences and be putting together playlists and then be meal planning. And because you're the person and I was obviously with my husband who's more at home, then you put a little more responsibility on yourself to be the person who gets the food together. Yeah. (laughs) So you, you fill up your time. Like if you're just a person who likes to do stuff, you can't just sit at home and watch Netflix like all day or sit at home and read a leisure book all day and then teach two classes in the evening. You're going to have to consider what your energy is like in the evening. And maybe you're a person who naturally would come home from a nine to five work day and be like, yeah, let's go out. Let's go for a drink. Let's go do all these things with our friends. Let's go climbing. Let's go to a spin class. And you always like to be out. And that's the time where you give energy. Then, mm-hmm. then that might be... And okay, that might be more reasonable to be a teacher who teaches in the evening because it really is like when you're starting at least, it's when a ton of the classes are because people get off work with respect to studio stuff at least. And that's when people are available to do yoga. So that's when you're going to get classes. Yeah. And you do pretty well with that. 
Well, I mean, I've been yes teaching no, long changing? enough. Uh, no, no, I do. Like, I do have energy in the evening. And now, at this point, I'm I'm sort of used to it. I'm used to, like, the 4 to 9 p.m. Just, you know, I'm ready to go. You know, like, my brain is on. I'm ready to go. I have, I do have that storehouse of energy there. Um, but, yeah, if you're, if you're tired by the end of the day, then, yes, you're, you're going to have to, um, get prepared to work um however like at this point there I mean there are lunch hour classes and there are like 9 30 a.m classes I teach 9 30 a.m I think like four times a week now and it's not that the classes are super full but they you know people come and you're still able to give your gift out and be of service and um have a job <laughs> um, at least in this city I'm in Toronto so um, in this city I'm able to I could see that being very different in other cities though and so that that's like a bit of market research I believe that you would you would need to go in knowing like what would your hours be and how many hours a week would you need to have those hours in order to sustain life in, in your city um, and your standard of living whatever that that is um and so, yeah, it took me a while to get here. But like for me personally, I, I do love the flexibility. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I know you like like the stability. Here's my breakfast smoothie. Here's my lunch. <laughs> Dinner is done. Right. <laughs> yeah. Whereas for me, like I kind of like not knowing um, or being able to just pick up and go do something random um, or not knowing where my week is going to be or not knowing like um, the other thing with me is that I'm, I'm able to teach a lot of variety of classes. So I teach, you know, like a mix of hot with vinyasa with like even like a really slow flow, like easing into almost a restorative into deep shavasana. Like I get I get all these um, different ranges and it, it challenges me as a teacher and allows me to grow as a teacher, which I really enjoy. And now I'm also um, assisting these teacher trainings so I can see that filling up more of my time as well. So anyway, it but it, it did take me like nine years to get here. So it's not something that, you know, like you can just pop right up into. Um, but yes, yeah, you're right. Scheduling is a huge part and just knowing where your energy is and what you're willing to, what you're able to um, give is very important as well. Yeah. And especially with looking at a schedule and kind of identifying what might work for you. If you are a teacher that's starting from the beginning, you're less likely to be given classes right off the bat that are in prime times that you want to teach right that align with what you want and where they want you to be Mm -hmm. the fuller classes and this is kind of all with respect to studio the fuller classes are generally taught by more experienced teachers generally (coughs) depending depending it's it's harder i think to get into like one of those prime time classes straight out of your 200 hour a studio would like to see you um in another class, just how you teach and how you work with the students and then feel more confident putting you into a class that has a higher amount of people in that space. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, things happen. People move, people get injured, people stop teaching yoga. There's always shifting in a schedule. And that's another thing. Like I used to look at schedules and look at the biographies of the teachers and think, oh, they're such strong teachers. Like how would I fit in? There's no way I could fit in with this group and then people are like yeah I'm going to India for two months or oh I'm gonna go travel yeah there's like a lot of yeah nomadic people in the yoga industry yes Um, people are always shifting around at least 
excuse me, at least in the larger communities, maybe different for smaller towns. That mm-hmm. might be like more of a rooted kind of group, but consider that things are always moving and yeah, you just have to talk to the, the owners and the managers. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah, that, that kind of lifestyle consideration, um, and like the glamour of it, I, I don't know, like at this point, I don't think it's as, as glamour, like, yes, I enjoy the freedom, but also I, every time I turn down a shift, I understand that that's going to be less money. So I'm more motivated to take more shifts, even if my energy is low. Um, I don't know. It's just another consideration that, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no stability in income. And so if you want more money um, for whatever spending, then you're going to have to take those shifts or or like you have to make up for the vacation that you took by spreading out like those 10 shifts that week into the next however many weeks. Um, And then that might not always be available depending on the studio, because again, things shift. Maybe like someone isn't away that week or someone isn't away and you don't have the opportunity to pick up those shifts. Um, Can you wait the two or three months it takes you to make up for the one week vacation you took? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How tight is your budget with that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So that's something I struggle with a lot. Like I'll, I'll look at like sub requests will come up. So, you know, someone's sick, someone's away, someone got hurt. Um, and anytime I, I, you know, click no, <laughs> like a little <laughs> piece of me is like, really though? Really? You don't want that money? You don't want that? Don't you? Don't you want that one? It's like, yes, I do. I do want the money. I need the money. Of course we could always do with more money. Right. Yeah. Um, but then also I, I now have to make the conscious decision. Okay. If I'm not going to go teach that class, how, why why and it's because yes my other things are more valuable and I I had to like have that practice within myself yeah. and it's tough it's a tough practice it's, it's very easy to overwork yourself did that come being in a relationship in the past couple of years was that more of like a mirror to reflect upon the that I think practice? yeah because there's yeah, someone else that you're not yes. being with right there's yeah yeah it did help like that. That was it. But I think like the seeds were already in my mind from before, just because I know that when you like from experience, when you always say yes, you just you just burn yourself out. There's just no more to give. Right. So that was already there. And then and then now um, with that, I'm with someone that I love spending time with. <laughs> um, then you see that, oh, I have to go to work and make those measly bucks when I could be with this person in a meaningful way. It's like, oh, it's not worth those measly bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. However much money it is. Yeah. Um, and we, we get kind of, yeah. we trick ourselves into getting driven by money, but like, as we say, we do need it to live and you're not living like a super glamorous lifestyle I know that you like you said like you've made a lot of changes to the way you live to be able to reach a balance where you can teach for a living and and receive income to to live right yeah yeah and I and I am very very lucky in my partner like remember my partner makes you know I think triple maybe a little more than what I make a year um and that that is like such a relief if you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um yeah so I don't know. I, I don't want to say number one piece of advice is to get a partner, but <laughs> it does. that really, it's it a, really, really made a difference. It makes a difference. It's very real when I see people in the yoga industry who are coming in very young. Um, mm. what, how old were you when you did your first training? Oh, I think I was 24. 
four or five. Okay. 20, so yeah. When you see students who are, you know, 19, 20. Mm, yeah. And yeah, when I was 19, 20, my living expenses were way lower as well. <laughs> I could, yeah, yeah just... Yeah. I could live off a lot less. I still like. I'm yeah. not a not a materialistic person. Like we spend the majority of our money on good quality food. Yeah, not yeah. eating it's all out, goes like, all goes eating, to food. Eating in, <laughs> eating in good quality food. Yeah. <clears throat> but there's and I see these young younger people teaching and then coming to a point a few years down the road where it's like. They're getting worn out. It's they need more inspiration or they're feeling like they need to do another training. And I align with that because I've done a shitload of trainings. Um, but then it's like, yeah, you need to scrape up that money, the couple mm-hmm. grand or whatever it is, or maybe it's a weekend, a couple hundred bucks and not teach the classes that you usually teach. And it can be stressful. And then there's also like moving on beyond that. We're kind of where I am right now. If I was teaching and I was prepared to do this, like think about starting a family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you're single, I mean, harder to start a family if you're single, but you definitely can have a family if you're single. That's a huge like economic endeavor. And then even with a partner in the cities that we live in with, one person off not making I guess you would make I guess you get maternity leave based on the income that you made as a teacher which is not going to be very much I think it's 80 what is it anyways I think that's only if you pay the uninsurance yep so yeah you have to premium you have to pay that which is what like Mm -hmm. 800 bucks a year uh I think it's depending on your income isn't it I think it's like depending on your income and then it maxes out Yes, yeah, it does. Yeah. Like, I think it maxes out at like a, around a grand. It's not too much, but still, mm. that's a thousand dollars. That could be like two weeks of your pay. Yes. Um. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, and then you're getting like maybe a little bit of money on maternity leave, and your partner is having to work full time to support the scenario. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Like, it can. I have a friend who just had a baby, mm-hmm. and her husband was also self-employed he has his skills as an electrician so he actually kind of paused his self-employment um the things he was doing some videography and went and got a job as an electrician for like the minimum amount of time i think 600 hours just to be able to like take it off and get paternity leave wow so that they could have more time together raising their child and have a little bit more income but yeah like it's this total balance um it is doable, but like I say, like you got to consider this stuff. You got to look mm-hmm. down the road a little bit. Yeah, yeah. As is yeah, every, I, scenario, I, I every scenario, every mm-hmm. scenario, but very realistically. Um, and then I mm-hmm. think sometimes, like, sorry, taking a tangent, mm-hmm. like with myself, I really crave, like I was saying, I really crave that freedom of my schedule, but kind of quickly learned took me like probably two years to really learn that wasn't serving me Hmm. as well as I thought. And now that I'm in a routine, like back in a nine to five job, which I love way more than the other job, I actually really love this job. I think to myself, maybe teaching yoga is like something I should do, something we should all do maybe for most personality types when like it's as a retirement thing. 
Because <laughs> it's all about yeah, service, totally. right? And and then it yeah. takes the money out of it. Mm-hmm. You have like mm-hmm. your whole life to practice and learn from various teachers in a slower, more organic way that mm-hmm. you don't have to rush to get all the training Mm-hmm. spend yeah, a bunch true. more money yeah. and time like as soon as you can to get all these specific trainings because everyone is saying they're the best yeah and you can just slowly learn this by going to yoga because you do that anyways and yeah. then when you're older and retired that's the way you can serve and I think yeah. like that might be more appropriate for some personality types maybe not for you um <laughs> But I think a lot of people like maybe that has to be people have to be okay with that. And I think that's something that might we might see more of in the future. Cause like when you talk to teachers, how many of them are getting burnt out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I I mean, I I don't know if burnout is I feel like burnout is like a social thing so it's not just because yoga teachers have a physical job where we're you know we're not just sitting at a desk we are walking we're, we're doing we're demoing we're mm-hmm. observing um so it's not just that but I, I think it's um it's across the board because I know plenty of people in office work who are burning out I know plenty of people in like all sorts of other types of work that are are burning out um yeah so I, I think that's more a product of our um society that's always on that's always thinking that's always um you know doing rather than just resting <laughs> so i i don't know if burnout can be what i would say to, to like caution people against it even though like because it's everywhere you can burn out in any job um but it is very easy to physically burn out in in this in this industry for sure um i wonder if then yeah. it's like look at your personality or your history with work and if you've experienced burnout a lot Mm, yeah that could follow you it doesn't just oh yeah the job so maybe it's your habits around work and and I had such Mm -hmm. a hard time not putting a huge amount of stress on myself when I started teaching yoga and Mm -hmm. Eric was so supportive like just teach like two classes a week and then figure it out slowly and I was like no I got to get into like all these studios and I got to work corporate classes and that (coughs) intensity followed me because it's partially (laughs) was it's like I I don't want to work that way and I don't work that way now but it was very Mm. much like a learned habit from the environment that I was working in and it came with me when I left the office it sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, be it doesn't have that. to be like that. That's that. I mean, like, yeah, how you do the work really depends on how you are, you know, how you do any yeah. work. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say that's that's a little bit more like dependent on person and just like you can circumvent that. Right. Mm-hmm. You can untrain your brain. <laughs> it takes time. It takes effort. It takes work. Um, but it, it is possible. And yeah but just be just be aware that that can happen like there's kind of like these Mm -hmm. magic bullets that are sold Mm -hmm. as like being a yoga teacher it's stress Uh stress stress-free lifestyle yeah and yeah stress isn't attached to any one job no no not at all um that's really interesting let's get into a little bit of the stresses of being a yoga teacher i think that's that's an interesting it can be so stressful. <laughs> if you, the thing is, like the maybe the more you care, and I'm a person who cares so much, 
Mm-hmm. And that's why we do this podcast. We kind of break down like all these little things to help give people an idea of of the why. So they're not just thinking that they're doing things wrong or getting overwhelmed by how they're teaching. Or you... But it's so stressful. Like you can think about a playlist for way too long. <laughs> yeah. And then you can think about whether you should play the playlist or not. <laughs> yeah. Do I, do I need to have music? Want to be a distraction? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, like there's, and then, yeah, oh, there's just a lot. Okay. You're, you're teaching a lot right now. So go, maybe you go through some of the things that you've experienced yeah, I think the the thing I experience and that I see, especially in a studio context, is that everyone wants attendance. Everyone wants to teach the sellout class. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you have to check your ego at some point and ask yourself, like, how much of that is because I, I just want to be famous or I just want to be known or I just want to be praised? And how much of that is because... Um, you get paid more, <laughs> right? Mm. So th- there might be a little bit of both because some studios work on like the sliding scale where if more people show up, you do get a, a little bit of that profit. Um, but some aren't. Some are just like flat fee. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who shows up or if anyone shows up. Like if it's one person or 30, you get the same rate. So how are... So yeah, that that's like the... And, and I've been through all of this. <laughs> so like including the, the whole ego part. Um, and so... You have to be strong enough, I think, as a person and, and secure enough in your mind to know what are what are you getting out of it too? Like this this kind of stress of like, do I wanna be teaching the sellout classes at prime time with like a wait list? Or am I okay teaching, you know, seven AM when six people roll out of bed and come and wanna practice before work? Um and so, yeah, I think that that's part of the stress that I see with a lot of new teachers um, wanting so badly to teach the sellout classes because for some reason they think that is a marker of success um, where it doesn't necessarily have to be unless you you have decided it is. So for sure to be really strong in your mind about that. Um, the other stretch- stresses, I think, as a yoga teacher are, you know, wondering if there's going to be enough work um, and yeah that that definitely is something because there i mean especially in a city like toronto where yoga has been here for a really long time we have a lot of studios there are a lot of teachers um and almost like everyone's offering it you know like clothing stores are offering free yoga um cosmetic stores are offering free yoga there's so many brand partnerships going around everywhere there's it's a huge corporate thing right mm-hmm. um so what was my point i think i was just saying that it it can be stressful to worry about if you're going to get those gigs um i know some people audition and those auditions are like packed and and they're scary because not everyone gets hired right um and if you don't make it through the audition then where's the paycheck coming from um yeah I, i think it's just something to consider it's not you know, you, you might get signed on to a studio, but they might only give you two classes a week and that's not enough to live on. So you're going to have to like build yourself and then, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's stressful. <laughs> it's stressful getting into studios that, yeah. yeah. I yeah, experienced this, gigs. like all the, all the teachers that I trained with in Vancouver experienced the same yeah. thing. The majority of them did not become teachers. Um, and a lot, and to be honest, that's, I think that's completely okay. Um, they, they kind of, 
worked with their own practice and they took away so much that was for them. But if yeah. you are trying to make a living off of it, pay your rent and pay for your food, <clears throat> it can be hugely stressful mm-hmm. in the cities. Yeah. Like making, I'm trying to think like even in Vancouver, there were classes that were as low as $30 a class, yeah, which definitely. which people think is they're like they think of that as an hourly rate like you get paid $30 an hour but you don't mm-hmm. work eight hours a day yeah like I think I make 30 ish something in the job I do right now but I work seven hours a day five days a week or 7.83 hours a day nine days out of two <laughs> weeks um, <laughs> 35 hour break weeks but yeah as a yoga teacher you cannot you have to get to your class you have to plan your class you can't teach more than I had a day where I did four and I got it to a point where it was manageable because they were all a little bit different and Mm. one was a private one was a corporate and then I think two were public studios like studios and Mm -hmm. they're all different enough and I also like semi-recycled the same um material material yeah. and yeah. then kind of like tweaked it throughout the day and perfected yeah. it it was fun but that like yeah. I I did nothing the day before and I think I did one class the day after it's really hard to teach more than like three for most people yeah it's doable it's doable yeah. like I know people who teach five a day I I teach five a day sometimes um it's doable it's just but yeah, you feel you like have kind to... of like a machine I feel like some of it gets some of it is taken from you when you're that busy. You have to know how to, and, and you know, this This did come with experience. You have to know how to be um, present, very, very present mm-hmm. with every single class. And it's like you say, you have to treat every single class like its own species mm-hmm. of creature. Like they're not all the same. You like watch yourself. It's a, it's a lot of the reason why, you know, like, I'm doing this podcast with you as well is because I do see teachers who are they just almost like they've memorized the words they say Mm -hmm. and so the words just come out in this way that has no no thought I mean the thought was given before and then it was memorized and then there's no feeling and there's no presence in the words anymore Um, and you can sense that you can sense that as a student so yeah, that's one of the things I, I try to do with this podcast is to inspire people to be fully, fully present for every class. And it, it is a practice and it is doable, um, but it, it is not easy for sure. I would say also that if you are a teacher who wants to become someone whose livelihood is based on teaching yoga, like you're making a living, then you have to treat it that way also, which is something that I never really did, to be honest. Yeah. And that's why I added more stress to my life because I mm. always had time or saw that I had amounts of time, which I really needed to ha- like have some grounding personal time. And I just filled it with other projects. Yeah. Right? Because I had like, <laughs> oh, I have a morning class at seven and then I don't teach until 4.30 and then I do two evening ones back to back so you have like the whole day 
And then what do I do? Mm. <laughs> a bunch of other <laughs> shit. <laughs> until I still felt like, oh my God, I got to teach. Okay, I got to teach in an hour. All right, I'm going to do, um, I'm going to do this peak pose. And oh, I'll just, yeah. re- I'll just reuse that other playlist. That's totally fine. And okay, yeah. like, I'm like it driving there or walking or riding my bike. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do this and this and this beforehand. Then I'll warm them down, bring them down going like this. And oh yeah, that seems good. <laughs> and it's like, that's so, so funny. So like stress, uh, yeah. creating stress because you fill up yeah, yeah, those yeah. gaps yeah. that you think are free yeah. with a bunch of other shit. Like you guys know, I renovated our condo in Vancouver. It was ongoing for three years. And then we finished with like a two month full-time push where we actually quit our jobs and did that. Um, yeah. But it was like mm-hmm. ongoing constantly. I was yeah. always doing that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's like one of the the traps that you can fall into. Whereas like now I, I have it a little bit better with my life and I've figured it out a little bit better with energy conservation in that the days that are um, early and late, like 7 a.m. and then teaching until 7 p.m., that day has to have nothing else in it except energy conservation. Mm -hmm. So that means eating and sleeping if I'm not teaching and walking to teach. Mm -hmm. So on those days, like no workout, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, don't, don't expend excess energy. Uh, The nap time has to be protected. I'm not scheduling anything in my nap time. I'm having a nap and I'm not going to feel guilty about it. (laughs) And, um, all the self-care practices, you know, eating nourishing food. If I want to watch TV, then I watch TV. If I want to meditate, then I meditate. Um, if I want to practice something gentle at home between, then that's what I do. But yeah, I think part of it is being open to the fact that um, your days do need to have some thought. Yes, they might be unpredictable, but the days that you, like for me, if I teach a five class day, that day is there's nothing else happening. Mm -hmm. No food is going to get cooked, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Nothing else is going to happen but self-care and energy conservation. But if I have a one-class day, that's different, right? Mm -hmm. Because that I know I can can do that with very little effect on my energy. Um, And then, then, yeah, there there might be a planning of something else that day. Um, But I think this, yeah, this really comes with experience. Like, you had to live it to know it, right, Nat? Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it would have been different if I wasn't doing all that stuff in our house. Yes. If I had treated it like a full-time job. Because if you're expecting yeah, to yeah. get full-time income from it, you should be treating it like a full-time job, which yeah. I really – I cared for it like it was. But I – me being the person that I am, like I like to go in with the plan. And yeah, most classes I like to have planned in some way. And they don't do it written out like – pose by pose but I like to have an idea because a lot of teachers just wing it and you can do that mm-hmm. like actually you you can do that when you're, I wing yeah it, yeah, yeah all you, the time yeah. <laughs> when you're experienced and you teach that often you can so I got better at winging it but I really do like having forming a plan and or at least just having the time to think about it and mm, yeah even if I go into a class and I wing it and it's still totally fine and people say that was really helpful like okay I didn't kill them that's awesome but I still for me like that's important for me to have a plan so if I would have taken the time in between classes and on my days that I had nothing or just one class to really get my shit together then it would have been fine but you see yeah it's like this weird mentality you think like oh I'm only working at those times when you're in the studio or in the classroom yeah yeah. but you're really not yeah and you do especially when you're starting I highly recommend you putting in the work so 
Yeah, I think it's like a different story. I'd say the hardest is people who are working full time mm-hmm. and then still doing like five or six classes a week. So a couple evening and a couple weekend. That's probably mm. the most mentally demanding. I don't know. I don't even know how. I can't imagine having that much energy. I know. I know. <laughs> like, one, like that's, one of my colleagues does wow. it. And I'm like, holy mother. Wow. Another guy, like a really great teacher I love here in Victoria. He's also like a geoscientist, works for the government oh, cool. in a different ministry. And yeah, he teaches like a good six classes a week, if not seven. And I mean, there are differences in lifestyle. Like he doesn't have a family. I don't know if he's going to have one, or is that something I think more about when I'm setting up my future schedules? Um, mm. Yeah, I'm just like, how do you, how do you do that? Like I literally, I used to be envious of it and think, oh, I can mm-hmm. do that too. But no, I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. You have to be really realistic about your energy. I think if you want to, if you want to go into business for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be super realistic. Um, I just quickly wanted to say the other thing is that um, I finally started and it, it took a few years, but like now teaching yoga for me is like a, it is a practice of yoga. It is a practice of um it's like a different aspect of it. I don't, I don't really know how to explain it. It's like I'm observing, I'm reacting. And then there's this like really super um, zoning in where like I just know what postures I want to do next. Like I don't, I don't have to plan it. I just, I don't know. I just come up with something that I want to do um, or that the class has asked to do. Um, and then there's like a logical for some reason sequence that leads up to that. Um and and that in and of, of itself becomes like a yoga practice. It becomes like a, a way to focus the mind, to sharpen the mind. And then there's also this like art to it about how how gracefully can you communicate this picture that you have in your mind that's like real time playing as you are talking and observing the reaction. Um, so I, I think there's, yeah, it's it's really for me, it's become like a different kind of practice. And um, I really love the art of it. I love putting the words together for it. And I love um, observing and seeing how I can, you know, be helpful if I'm like telling one person one thing, you know, kneeling next to them being like, oh, put your foot over here. And then like telling someone else something else or um, whatever it is, there, there is like an art to teaching. And I, I, I really enjoy it. I, I do really enjoy the mental focusing aspect of it. Yeah, I always love that too. I definitely yeah. learned how to get better at teaching, creating a series like on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably haven't taught as much. Well, I haven't taught as much period as you, but haven't hadn't been in it long enough to really get like fully, fully creative. But yeah, mm-hmm. just the moments in between postures and the breaks, the silence when you're interacting or having dialogue with the students even if they're not responding back to you like you're having conversations with all these people and all these bodies yeah yeah you are really yeah and that's it's really it's a really interesting type of work to be in so yeah I think if you're if you are if you are interested in it there it is something to explore um but you don't have to explore it this often like you can do this once a week Mm -hmm. it'll just it might just take longer to get to the point where it becomes almost like meditative it's like meditative for me um but yeah for the point for it to get there it did take years to get to get to this point like I was writing sequences for a long time um yeah it it was a source of stress for a long time the sequencing Mm -hmm. for sure yeah yeah it takes a while yeah 
<laughs> but they're like the people that I know that have the most success out of creating a yoga career are people who really take it seriously as their mm. profession. Mm-hmm. Again, which yeah. I didn't do enough of. But yeah, like I think there's something to be said with being okay with teaching one class. Like that's what I'm doing right now and it feels so mm-hmm. it feels so good. I feel really clear about that and yeah. If I were to push myself to do more, I know it just takes away from the rest of my life and that doesn't align yeah. with my needs right now. Yeah. yeah. And if everyone exactly. like if everyone all the teachers out there were just teaching one or two classes that needed to do it that way, I think there'd be more higher quality classes because you can really like (laughs) give you know you can give in those one or two classes instead of feeling like you're stretched yeah yeah I get that I get that I used to say like when people (sighs) when I saw people at our trainings when I was still working um as a geologist for first time uh they asked if I was a yoga teacher and I'd say yes I'm like well I'm a geologist full-time and I just teach two classes at lunch like in my Mm -hmm. office which is what I was doing but yeah. it's not like just like that's a huge thing for you to give up two lunch hours yeah, and plan to do yeah. it and give your time to those people. And they were so grateful. Yeah. It's not just yeah. like it's a it's a big deal. So I think people also need to give themselves more credit for doing what they can and not needing to do it all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. I think, yeah, like you can, you can take your teaching in so many different ways. You can, you know, like I, I've been giving a lot of thought to like our modern asana practice and this is just what it is right now. But like, what if you gave a short lecture on philosophy of yoga, make it 20 minutes. Um, That's also a practice of yoga, you know, the study of it. That's definitely a practice of it. Mm -hmm. Um, What if you led a meditation uh, for 15 minutes like that? That's still teaching and it's still a study of yoga. I just think, yeah, this way that we are interacting with yoga doesn't have to be so one dimensional. There are other aspects of it. Like for myself, I'm currently doing a lot of self-study with the philosophy, um, with the meditative aspects of it. And that's been so like enriching. And even though I'm teaching asana classes, like I'm threading all these things in much more purposefully now. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, it's just really enriching. It's it's like, it's like if do you have to commit yourself to the path of yoga by teaching it? And the answer is no, you don't have to. No. You can commit yourself to the path of yoga through so many different ways. It just looks right now because it's all we've been we've seen is that the teaching of it seems like the way right now. But it, it doesn't have to be like that. Um, and we can chart our own courses in this, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think for most people, they can commit themselves to the path of yoga by not teaching yeah <laughs> yeah for it's sure like yeah seeing that little shiny jewel or whatever and just being okay with it existing mm, and not having yeah. to grab it and just yeah being and like, okay with it yeah. being in its presence and hopefully what this podcast has shown you is that like the shiny jewel of oh my god yoga teacher glamour it's not so shiny (laughs) it's not it's (laughs) the grass is always greener on the other side right like it always looks shiny and new and exciting but yeah live it for nine years and you'll like hopefully we've shown you that there's these like other considerations there's all these other practices um yeah and I I don't know it's it's not for everyone to sustain long term for sure Mm -hmm. you have to be very very mindful 
Yeah. Everyone is different, of course, but things to consider. You do have to get serious with yourself and, and kind of notice that passion within yourself, but counter it with some serious real life stuff. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, like the, the discussion of like, what does success look look like? I wish, I wish that we had that discussion before I decided to do this because yeah, I was lost. I didn't know what the goal was. I thought it was to sell out classes and that was it. Um, but right now, like, yeah, like my definition of success is not that right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's definitely evolved from that. And I'm sure yours has too. Like what, what is it to be a successful yoga teacher is not what the answer isn't what it was, you know, seven years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's definitely something to examine. It's, it's hard to ignore just like with all of the like you said, the corporate yoga stuff. Like when I not like, when I say corporate yoga, I'm usually talking about teaching in an office, <laughs> but the mm-hmm, the, co- yeah. the corporation, um, big flashy, I don't know billboards. Like I went to New York City recently, and there's just like billboards of yoga stuff to do with yeah. brands, and yeah, it's that's that's uh not what we're going for. Hopefully, yeah, it's a shame, right? Yeah. It's a shame that. That it, it's used for a sales tactic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm I think I'm pretty good on this topic. What about you? Yeah, I'm I think I there's a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a topic where like we would love for if you if you as a listener are considering this, like reach out, give us your concerns because between Nat and I we've we've had so many yoga related industry related experiences like I've been in the industry nine years Nat how long have you been in the industry I've been teaching since 2016 so shorter four years total yeah but you've been trained since before then yeah yeah oh yeah yeah like yeah and you have lots like both of us have lots of friends in the industry um so yeah, if you have any questions or concerns like this is this is such a great topic to actually you know text us on instagram do the direct messaging thing uh leave us an email leave us a comment or something and we'll we'll try to bring it up in a way that's thoughtful and that comes from you know our our experiences our real life experiences and our real life struggles with all of um all of the things when it comes to teaching yoga (laughs) this is a lot yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah okay guys thanks for listening sandy thanks for the chat Of course, anytime, and we will talk soon. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Bye.